0: Heavenly Father we pray that as we come to your word now as we hear this teaching of Jesus we pray that you will give us ears to hear and Father we pray it in Jesus name. Amen. I've been trying to help people come to know and trust Jesus as Lord and Saviour for decades uh, from a lectern like this in public during jesus introduction courses in personal conversations in cafes and lounge rooms and on doorsteps i've talked with people about jesus and i've urged them to put their trust in him because they need the salvation that he offers as we all do and that means i've had lots of conversations that have gone nowhere or somewhere negative if you compare the number of words about jesus that i've spoken in those contexts with the number of people i've seen come to faith in jesus it's a pretty low margin investment and then there are those who seem to start off the christian life the life of christian faith full of energy and enthusiasm but then they fade out and disappear or just look awkward when you run into them at the shops and we're doing it wrong you get such good news about jesus surely everybody should respond in faith if that's true right am i not communicating it right am i using the wrong words am i not packaging it slickly enough should i, should I use more diagrams or pictures or something as we head back into matthew's gospel today we hear jesus tell a parable that captures what is going on as he sought to share the good news of the kingdom with others. And it's a parable that helps us understand what's going on when we try and share that good news too. It's also a parable that encourages us to think about our own response to that good news. From Matthew 13, Jesus starts teaching the people in parables, simple little stories from everyday life that contained a deeper truth about the kingdom of heaven that jesus brings and his disciples seem to notice this change in approach because in verse 10 they ask him to explain why he's teaching the people in parables and so before jesus explains this parable he steps back and he explains to them the broader purpose of his parables and it's not what many expect it turns out parables are in part an act of judgment against hard-hearted people who refuse to accept his message of the kingdom look at verse 11 in verse 11 he says the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you but not to them the truth about the kingdom of heaven is being given to the disciples but not to all in the great crowds and then in verse 13 look he makes it explicit this is why i speak to them in parables Though seeing they do not see though hearing they do not hear or understand and notice how he continues with a quote from isaiah 6 pick it up from verse 14 in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah you will be ever hearing but never understanding you'll be ever seeing but never perceiving for this people's heart has become calloused they hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes otherwise they might see with their eyes hear with their ears understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them Isaiah 6 was written hundreds of years before Jesus to the nation that was supposed to be God's people who stood on the cliff edge of divine judgment. They were about to be expelled from the promised land and sent into exile in Babylon. God sent the prophet Isaiah to the nation that had already firmly hardened its heart and closed its ears to him. His words, God's words, were disregarded by the nation. And Isaiah is told to go to them and to tell them, Listen to my message from God, but don't understand it. Like what? Why is he given why is he to give them such a strange instruction? because that's what they're going to do anyway because their hearts are so hard to the word of God and their response to Isaiah's message will demonstrate that they deserve the judgment that Isaiah would prophesy against them some of which we heard this morning and by the time you get to Isaiah chapter 28 which we will get to in a few weeks in our other reading you see how that works out in practice there you get a picture of the leaders of Israel including the priests and the so-called prophets drunk and debauched if you read the chapter they've they've literally they're so drunk they've thrown up all over the table and through their beer goggles in verse 9 of isaiah 28 they see the true prophet of god kind of sitting in the corner and they mock his word from god as a childish message no more meaningful than the baby talk that you might address to an infant, you know, goo goo gar ga Their hard hearts make the word of God as meaningless to them as baby talk. And Jesus is equating the generation he has come to in Israel with their forefathers that Isaiah preached to. He is preaching to them in simple stories which they will hear as meaningless just like their forefathers heard Isaiah's preaching as meaningless and so just as Isaiah's words served to harden to only to just as his words served only to further harden their hard hearts back then Jesus' words to them through his parables will further harden their hearts 500 years later nothing's changed if you flick back in Matthew to chapter 11 and chapter 12, you'll see that Jesus has been dealing with that reality even on the very day that He told this parable. In chapter 11, He compares the villages that He's visited with Sodom and Gomorrah. He says even even Sodom and Gomorrah would have responded to My ministry with repentance, but not you guys. In chapter 12, He calls them a wicked and adulterous generation the sort of thing Isaiah said to their forefathers and he calls the Pharisees a brood of vipers because having seen his miracles they despise his teaching and think that he is a tool of the devil Jesus is telling his parables to a bunch of people who already hardened their hearts to his message just as their forefathers did and as part of the divine judgment upon their response he talks to them in a way that is going to harden them further they don't want to understand his message and so he gives them what they want and he speaks to them in a way that's going to make it even easier for them to dismiss and ignore him therefore hardening them even further in their rebellion and the content of this first parable that jesus tells it shows us how all that works out in practice and so we turn now to the meaning of this parable very familiar parable we turn to the meaning of this parable and the parable itself is simple right farmer goes out into his field with a big bag of seeds starts throwing it around as he does some falls on the hard path seed so just sits there but not for long birds coming eats all up some falls in rocky ground Plants shoot up, but because the rocks under the, there's rocks under the top store that don't have any deep roots. And so when the sun blazes hot, they wither up. Some seed falls in ground where there's already the seed of thorn bushes. As the plant is growing up, the thorn bushes suck all the nutrients out of the soil and they keep the sun away and they crowd out sorry, they crowd in on the little grain plant until they choke the life out of it and finally some seed falls in good soil and it grows up and it produces grain for the farmer lots of it and as jesus finishes his little story in verse 9 what does he say to them he who has ears let him hear he who has ears let him hear he speaks in parables to confirm the rightness of his judgment against those who refuse to hear and yet he's clearly implying not everybody will refuse to hear the deeper truth that he is sharing in this parable the disciples they have ears to hear and so from verse 18 he tells them to listen as he explains the meaning of the parable seed is the message of the kingdom uh, and the four different sorts of soil represent four different responses to that message firstly seed that falls along the path it represents the sort of response that Isaiah 6 was all about hard hearts are like hard path and the truths of the kingdom do not penetrate at all the evil one snatches the gospel away so that it can't do its life-giving work. Plenty of times I've shared the news about Jesus with people and got nowhere. Plenty of times their indifference or opposition has been like a solid brick wall with my words just bouncing right off. But it's not always like that second sort of soil seems to receive the seed of the word with great joy they're full of enthusiasm for christ they read every book you give them they attend every seminar we run but then they start to cop heat for their enthusiasm for jesus the friend that grows distant because they got religion the the mocking of other kids in the playground at lunchtime the co-worker or the neighbor who doesn't approve of christianity makes a lot of snarky comments or worse the boss or the spouse who is anti and makes life difficult and the heat's too much the spiritual roots are too shallow and so they give up on following jesus to avoid the heat and the hassle and the word produces nothing lasting in their life I've seen that too the third sort of soil represents another person who starts well they receive the word of god but like weeds crowding out a plant. and if you want a demonstration of that just come to our place and look in the front garden anytime you like but the weeds that like weeds crowding out a plant the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the spiritual life out of them and i don't know how many times i've seen that happen people like the idea of jesus but they care more about other things one of the guys who taught me the gospel growing up started working for a global investment bank and he became all about the dollars and the corner offers. And he he got the Porsche, got the nice house in the posh suburb, but he no longer trusts Jesus or has a place in the eternal kingdom. How many times have I seen one of our young adults full of enthusiasm for Christ but desperate not to be alone they start going out with somebody who doesn't love jesus and that one act of hardening their heart to god's word begins the process of hardening that chokes the spiritual life out of them in the end how many times have i seen that happen one of the most tragic situations is the kids who get the spiritual life choked out of them by parents who name jesus as lord and saviour but who focus them on their academic achievements and their extracurricular activities and developing their social life and they never invest in discipling their own children in the faith as God commands them to do. They are literally planting the weeds that will choke the spiritual life out of their kids. At the other end, there are the people whose life is focused on finally the chance to retire and fill the day with hobbies and pleasures. Things that are okay in themselves, good things, fun things, scuba diving. <laughs> but that can become everything to the point that God ends up playing second fiddle. I still remember the time that a retired guy, not even with grandkids, a retired guy told me he was too busy for growth group. And he was really busy because he was surrounded by thorn bushes and weeds, which he had planted. And fourthly, there's the good soil. Jesus explains this is the person who hears and understands the word of God. It is received both with ears and with hearts. They trust what they hear, they believe whatever it is that Jesus is teaching them and they take it to heart and they respond with the response of faith. And this means they yield a crop for God. How awesome to do that. They yield a crop for God. Jesus doesn't fully describe what that fruitful life looks like here. You kind of need to read the whole of Matthew's gospel to get the sense of that. But it begins with faith and repentance, with trusting in a way that transforms with trusting in a way that transforms it involves trusting christ so that you want to rely on christ and you want to be like christ and you want to obey christ this is the meaning of jesus parable and having heard it it's important that we hear his call he who has ears let him hear. He who hears, let her hear. What are some of the things we need to hear? Well, firstly, hear that no matter how clearly, faithfully and winsomely you share the good news about Jesus, there will often be a negative response. That was true even when Jesus was the one sowing the word. We will often sow seeds that do not produce fruit. But sowing the Word is what we're called to do. And it's really only God who knows what sort of soil we're sowing into, right? And I know that can be frustrating. I know it can be disappointing. But don't give up. Secondly, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom are given. They are a divine gift. And so the first task of making disciples is to pray that God will make the people we're trying to reach good soil. We need to pray that God will have mercy on them and open their ears and hearts. As we sow the seed, we need to pray. Thirdly, when someone does respond to the message of Christ with a profession of faith in Christ and a desire to repent, we should recognise the twin dangers they face from the scorching sun... And the choking thorns. We need to do some gardening work to help them be well established. We need to be realistic with them about the pressures that go with following Jesus so that they understand the cost. We need to ensure they've grasped that Revelation 7 vision we talked about last week so they are equipped to persevere despite those pressures we need to teach them to pray so that they have divine strength and protection to face them we need to help them recognize the temptations of the world all around them and to spot the lies and the deceptions that go with those temptations and we need to teach them the better way that god intends for his people we need to break up some rocks and we need to pull out some weeds to help them be well established and we need to be a little bit careful with declaring victory too early if you know somebody who is new to christ invite them into your growth group encourage them to be at church with you every week so the gardening work is going on could you often meet up and read the bible with them yourself have a coffee once a week Parents, that gardening work is your God-given responsibility with your own kids. Are you faithful in your obedience to that command? Fourthly, finally, if we have ears to hear, we should ask ourselves, which soil does God see when he looks at me? Does he see hard path? well if you recognize that about yourself today that is a gift from god if you recognize that about yourself today that is a gift from god choose to be the good soil and trust the guy who gave the parable who went on to die for you tell me you want to do jesus introduction let's together get on with yielding a crop for god does he see rocky soil Do you hide your light under a bushel because you cannot stand the thought of being made uncomfortable about your faith? Are you more likely to step away from God's truth to twist it than to step, be out of step with a cultural herd? You need to repent of those things. Go back to Matthew 5 and have your ears to hear what it says about the suffering of the people of God and be the good soil and understand that word. Does he see soil full of thorn bushes? Is God anywhere but the top of your list of priorities and passions? Is your life so crazy, bully, busy, full of stuff that the basic disciplines of following Christ are squeezed out? No time to listen to his word, no time to talk to him in prayer, no time to gather with Christ's body on the Lord's day each week. Is he always getting the leftovers? you need to repent you need to go back to Matthew 6 and have ears to hear what he says about seeking first the kingdom of God and be the good soil that understands the word does he see good soil you're not perfect by a long way but you trust Jesus and you love him And so you take what he says seriously. His promises and his commands and his warnings, they're all precious to you. And you rejoice in his love more than you used to. And he's made you more patient than you used to be. And He's made you more generous and less selfish than you used to be. You're open about your faith and better at handling the cost of that than you used to be. You have a greater urgency to be involved in saving the lost than used to be the case. You're better at saying no to temptation than you used to be and you're more conscious of how dependent you are on Jesus, on his saving grace for you than you used to be. You apply more biblical wisdom to the everyday than you used to that's the crop praise god you're fruitful for praise god what a blessing i want to finish with the enormous encouragement that jesus gives the good soil in this passage actually the enormous encouragement that he gives to to everybody who has ears to hear even if today that means you are uncomfortably recognizing yourself as currently one of the first three soils do you notice the sentence i skipped over at the beginning of verse 12 he says, Whoever has will be given what? More. Whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. If you've heard God's word today, not just with your ears, but with your heart, and you respond to what you've heard, rather than you know leaving it behind when you walk out the building, you will be given more. Did you hear a hard word today calling you to repentance? that's a gift to you from god respond to it and he has more gifts for you in store you're not stuck where you are you can be good soil for god that grows more and more fruit for him will you as you hear god jesus tell this parable today will you move to exercise your faith in christ in a particular way do that and your faith will grow even stronger and your exercise of it will grow even more fruitful for god did god show you something new in his word today because you worked hard to stick with craig all the way through sermon (laughs) keep doing that and he will show you more new things he who has ears let him hear What have you heard from Jesus today? I'm going to give you a minute to reflect on that and then I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, bless us with ears to hear. In your grace and your mercy, make our hearts ever and always and only good soil. Lead us to produce crops for you. What a privilege, Father. Lead us to live lives that are fruitful for your glory and father as part of that make us people who sow the seed the seed of your word people who know that that's not always going to have a positive response but who sow it anyway because the good soil is there because you produce it in your grace and your mercy and father where we have had ears to hear and it's been a hard thing we had to hear today lead us to repentance the repentance that you want there are people in this room whose heart has been hard to you father and they've recognized that today make them good soil fill them with faith there are people who have been spiritual cowards and who have planted a veritable garden of weeds around themselves placing themselves in enormous spiritual danger father cause them to recognize that today and to repent and to become good soil that produces a crop for you deep roots and fruitful branches father there is nothing there is no greater privilege than producing a crop for you a harvest for you fruit for you and so father we pray make us those people and we pray it in jesus name amen